I'm your host, David Frost. This is my strategic forecast where you get common sense market analysis. Hey folks, David Frost, my strategic forecast. You're here for another episode of Common Sense Market Analysis. Today is Monday, February 11, 2019. We're looking at a daily chart of the SPY or Spider, which is the proxy for the S&P 500. What we're going to do today is take a look at where we are from a daily chart perspective. We're going to drill down to lower time frames. We're going to get as clear of a picture as we can of where markets are and where they're headed next. Before we really get rolling, let me just right out of the gate take a pause and thank everybody for participating, posting comments under the video each and every night. I love the interaction. Please keep up the great work. In addition, please hit the thumbs up button on the video and share the video with anybody that you think can benefit from this information. Where are we as it relates to the markets? Well, first off, let's take a look at the daily chart. Did the market really do anything today? Well, from a small, if you will, small ball perspective, we had somewhat of a gap and crap. We'll go over that in more detail when we go down to a 10-minute chart, for example. But all in all, the range of the day was very, very narrow, and there were a couple of important things or important developments, I should say, so let's go over them. So number one, I don't know if this is so important, but I think it's kind of neat. If I just move this over, you can see that the high of the day was 271.49. Remember the 271.50? Does anybody still think that's important? Well, it was important today, if for nothing else. But is there something really relevant that stands out on the daily chart? Well, there are two things on the daily chart that stand out to me. Number one is, I like Friday's candle. That looks like a pretty good low to me. That's going to be a bogey in terms of the low from Friday. So that's a bogey on the downside. Closing daily below that price is certainly negative. We wouldn't want to see that. So we can take the 267.50 and move it right up to 267.83 because even though it's close by, we wouldn't really want to see a close below Friday's low. Anything else that stand out on the daily chart? And the answer is, yes, there is. I like the fact that we close the day above Friday's close, not to mention Friday's high. When we're talking about the spider, and you have seen this over and over and over again, pennies matter. They had every opportunity to make a decision whether they wanted to close above or below Friday's high and Friday's close. When you look at a 10-minute chart, you can see that just about 20 minutes or so before the closing bell, they were down below that price level, and they rallied the market back to close above there. While it may not be much to the naked eye, I take something away from that. It's a positive, it's on the table, it's a puzzle piece, I have no choice. While we've got the 10 minute chart up, you can see here the gap and crap. There's Friday's close and look at the ramp on Friday into the closing bell. So we ramp up on Friday into the close, we gap higher right into 271.50 minus one penny and we sell off basically for the majority of the day until the final hour or so of trading when the market finally finds a low now is there another takeaway from today's activity not really it was just a narrow range day the market just didn't go anywhere what do we see on the hourly chart well 
what we see on the hourly chart is the high of a breakdown candle. Okay, so that high comes in at 271.55. We test that high this morning, and price is rejected from that high. Now, how can we read this? How should we read this? Well, we can read this as a rejection from that price, so it's a down move. And then we have a bearish flag pattern, which would generally result in another move lower. That's one way. Do we have to read it that way? No, we don't. Why is that? Because we can also say that the market went up and now it's making a bull flag pattern, which would result in another move to the upside. Now, you see what happens if I don't show you both sides. I can easily persuade somebody by only showing one side of the coin. It's a two-headed quarter. Because I can make the case in either direction, there's nothing crystal clear. However, if you look at it from a longer perspective versus a shorter perspective, the bullish pattern wins, but not by that much. So we really can't use that to hang our hat on. We need more. So we have to look high, wide, and deep. Where else are we going to look? Well, let's stay with the SPY for now, but we'll look elsewhere in a moment. What if I step it up a notch and I use a 120-minute chart? Well, I can see here I obviously can build the case that we're making a bullish consolidation pattern that's really building energy to go fill that gap. That's really what my eye is drawn to right out of the gate. I'm looking at that one down candle that resulted from a test of the 271.50 and a rejection. I'm looking at that as a blip on the screen on a 120-minute chart. It's really not that big of a deal. So you see, when we expand the time frame, it actually clears up the picture or at least begins to clear up the picture. But that's not enough. We have to look higher. We have to look wider. Let's go to another chart. 180 minute looks very similar to the 120 minute. Not a lot of change. Incidentally, where's the bogey? Again, it's the same price, 267.83. You can see it here that if we began coming down here while you have a 50 period moving average for example on the chart we're looking at now creeping up into where that particular price level is 267.80 268 somewhere in that neighborhood you have a moving average creeping up but if we came right down there now I would suggest that it's less likely this area would hold than would have been likely on the first trip down why did the first trip down hold there we had somewhat of a low toward the low of the breakup candle. We see that work over and over and over again. We're okay with the first rundown, but on the second rundown, in fact, this was even a retest all the way down here. So now you're really starting to push your luck. If it comes down again, I'm not one to want that trade. Doesn't mean it won't work. It's just, is it the one you really want? What if I go to a 240-minute chart? Does it clear up the picture or does it muddy the water? It actually muddies the water because now I really don't see a bullish pattern developing. What I see is price went into an area and so far was rejected, but this chart doesn't necessarily tell me whether price is going to continue down, going to consolidate sideways. It tells me nothing. So... Now, when we look at the larger time frame, it actually muddies the water a little bit, so we have to continue to look further. And keep in mind, I'm not trying to confuse the issue. What I'm trying to do is display the fact that 
the more charts we look at, it's either going to make the picture crystal clear or it's going to confuse matters, which leans us away from a possible trade until the water is clear. Now we circle back to a daily chart. And now that we looked at all those other charts and now our mind is set and our visual is set back to the daily chart, is there anything wrong with this chart? Is there anything bearish with this chart? And the answer remains no. But what we've seen from looking at other charts is normal garden variety market behavior would suggest that even if we came down a little bit more over the next day or so, that's normal. It would be normal to, let's say, come in and test even the 100 period moving average. Maybe a normal retracement from Friday's low to today's high, something in the middle is normal garden variety market behavior. So we can't necessarily get scared off if in fact that does occur and it doesn't change the trend, it doesn't turn the market bearish until it does. What turns the market bearish? A daily close below 267.83. In fact, I can say hourly closes below 267.83 would really start to get me bearish or at minimum not bullish. We keep looking. The IWM, my favorite market leading indicator in either direction. What's it telling us? Up almost 1%. Well, it was up 8 tenths of 1%. It's close. It's not 1%, but it is close. But the reason, and I'm sure you guessed this already, the reason I'm zeroed in on this is because it's leading the market to the upside, or at least that's what it appears to be. Now, inside the numbers members today had me mention the fact that the IWM was leading, so I was on the case early in the day. However, it didn't really do anybody any good because nothing followed suit. The market was basically spinning its wheels in the sand all day long. There wasn't a lot of movement in either direction. However, when you look at the IWM, and when I said market just then, I was referring to the S&P 500. But when you look at the IWM, it's starting to break to the upside. Is this bullish or bearish behavior. This is bullish behavior. If we're going to have another rally, another update to the upside in the IWM, eventually the other markets will follow suit. So this is not bearish. It's certainly erring on the side of bullish. It's leading markets. We'll see if the markets follow suit. And that'll be the final answer to be whether it's leading the market or not. Definitely can't ignore this. This is in an uptrend. There's a gap up at 154, and I believe that gap is going to get filled. Maybe not in one gulp, but that's where we're headed in the IWM. What's going on over in the transportation department? Really the same routine as the IWM. Look at the transports. It's got the same chart, breaking out. So my two favorite market-leading indicators are breaking to the upside. How in the world can I read that as bearish behavior? I really can't. Not to say the market can't go down, and if it does, I know where my bogey is on the downside in terms of the S&P, but when I look at the transports and I look at the IWM, it flashes bullish to me. I'm taking each and every chart individually in and of itself. The triple Qs over in the tech sector, anything significantly bearish in the Qs, not particularly. When you look at it, it's above the 100 period moving average. We made an attempt at the 200, we were rejected from the 200, are we going to make another attempt? And if we do, it's likely we go up higher and fill the gap. 
What's the bogey on the downside? The same bogey as the S&P 500. It's Friday's low. Any hourly close and then certainly daily close below Friday's low is not a bullish sign. It's a bearish sign. Just how bearish? Well, in the immediate term, there's a lot of support where the market broke out from. So if the market was going south, we would certainly have support in this area where the breakout occurred. Exactly what prices will leave those to traders that have taken the course at Lazy E-Mini Trader. Speaking of traders, let's take a detour for a second and discuss one of my new favorite topics, Inside the Numbers. So here we are. Here's the home page inside the numbers. What we want to do is take a look inside the numbers and we see I had a midday update. Now the market had a very narrow range today. So you can go ahead and pause and read these notes, whatever you want to do. I'll scroll up here and you can read the pre-market morning notes. Basically, I was giving the warning zones on the downside and I was also giving the resistance areas on the upside. As we were gapping higher in the morning, I'm giving resistance. But as I always do, I give both sides of the market. And if you read what I wrote and you go look at what happened in the market, you can see that it's pretty much on point. And then what we have are the morning gap trades, which there were none today because we just didn't have any stocks that were significantly gapping in one direction or the other. But we did have some stocks on the move. So we had four potential opportunities. Two of them actually hit their price targets and two did not. So the two that did not, we discard. They just became no trades. And the two that did, we can take a look at. One was Avaya and the other was NVIDIA. We'll do that in a moment. As you can see, also, we list out the ES important numbers, the SPY important numbers, and also crude oil important numbers. You can take a snapshot, write them down, go look and see whatever the market did, and if these numbers would have been helpful to you or not. Continuing on the detour, let's take a look real quick at Avaya. So Avaya closed on Friday all the way up at 1773. The stock's getting a haircut before the opening bell, so it goes on the stocks on the move list because I had what was to be a decent area of likely support. Now, traders that have taken the course at Lazy E-Mini Trader will be able to identify why these price levels were supportive or should have been supportive of the market. I gave two. They were relatively close together. You can see what happened at the end of the day. There was nothing that happened. It really was a busted trade. It was not a big winner. It wasn't a loser. It just didn't really do what we expected it or what I expected it to do. But no harm, no foul. Avaya just didn't do as advertised. So be it. Now, NVIDIA, on the other hand, is a different story. So if you remember from the list, NVIDIA price was 144.92. So the stock closed Friday, and here's the closing price was 148.20, getting its haircut at the opening bell, comes into 144.92, a little bit lower, maybe by 40 or 50 cents, and then it turns around and has a rocket ride higher and making a high of 148.58 by 10.40 in the morning. That's what we're looking for. We're not going to get it every time, but that's what we're looking for. So at any point, from entry to 148.50, traders were able to take profit along the way. Back from the detour and into our lane, we take a look at the financial sector and we'll use the XLF. So just visually speaking, is there anything technically wrong with this chart? Well, not really. It looks like a lot of the financial stocks, rightfully so. The first thing 
that my eye is drawn to every time I look at the daily chart is this. Something like this. Any way you want to draw it, that's what my eye is drawn to. I look at that tail from Friday. That can't be a negative. If the financials are not falling apart, it's unlikely the market falls apart. How about the SMH? Now, the SMH was up half a percent today. We just saw NVIDIA. That's a standalone case. The semis, as a group, were disconnected from NVIDIA. Is this a bearish or a bullish chart? It's not bearish. Friday's low is the bogey. Same story, just looking at different markets, looking at different charts, making sure we get a full, well-rounded perspective. Now I'm going to pull a little sneak attack on you. So what we're looking at here is an ES S&P E-mini futures chart. It's an hourly chart. Why am I looking at it? Well, I just want to point something out. So when you see the last breakup candle and you see the low, so we'll get the exact low, which is 27.04 even. Now, if I just move this over a little bit, you'll see today's low came in slightly below that, 2702.75. But what I wanted to point out is when we came in to test that low of the breakup candle, you can see these two candles here, the one that ends at 12 o'clock and the one that ends at 11 o'clock. I'm going to answer the hourly close question in a moment. We never got a tremendous bounce higher, a tremendous rally out of that area. That was basically the market's way of indicating that there was going to be further weakness or less bullishness for the rest of the day. The longer we hovered down here, the less likely we were to blast out of there. Usually, if you don't get it on the first run, that's not necessarily something out of a technical book. It's not a technical term. It's something I use, and I hate to use this term, but I'm going to use it anyway, to feel my way through the market sometimes. Doesn't work every time. It was on my mind today. The more I saw us hovering down there, the more I felt we were less likely to rally today. The more time we spent down there, the more the shorter time frames began making bearish patterns. And that was really the crux of it. But the reason that I wanted to show you this chart is you get a different look based on different charts. Now, why is the hourly close on this chart different than the pit session? Because this is a continuous chart. If I go over to a pit session, I have a separate chart. It looks different. It doesn't look like the chart we just looked at. The chart we just looked at trades around the clock whenever the ES is open. The pit session is only the pit session. Different charts, different looks. I use them both. How do you do that? Very carefully. It's not easy. In using them both, I have to make certain decisions because the prices don't always match up. But I use them both because they're relevant. Gold. So gold is still hovering down in the neighborhood and continues to bounce around and out of or away from north of that area that we've been discussing down just slightly north of 1300. So it is interesting that gold is finding some support and also being supported by the 20 period moving average, for instance, today. So we bounced off that area today. That's interesting. That's bullish behavior for gold. What would be short-term bearish behavior for gold? Well, I think if we began closing down close to 1300 on the daily chart, in fact, hourly even, or below 1300, I don't think that would be positive at all. I think at this point, gold has had the opportunity to bounce out of here 
And at this point, after a couple of tries, if it chooses not to and makes a third attempt, I wouldn't have high confidence that that third attempt would be the charm. It may or may not. It just wouldn't be a high confidence trade for me. Crude oil, what the daily chart is telling us that the 50 period moving average basically is being supportive along with this pivot down here from the 28th. The low is 51.33. The low today, if we look down, the low today was 51.23. So you can see a combination of that pivot and the 50-day moving average so far was supportive of the crude oil market. Does that make me bullish or bearish of crude oil? Neither one. I almost look at this from a visual standpoint that we're trapped in between. We came down to test what looks to be a breakout area. That's fine. But I look at it like we're trapped in between the 20 and the 50 period moving average. So until things clear up over the next day or so, we'll leave crude oil alone. And for me, that's going to be a wrap. I'm David Frost, my strategic forecast. Thanks for tuning in for another episode of Common Sense Market Analysis. My Strategic Forecast is hosted by David Frost. Subscribe, rate, and review on your favorite podcast app. And please visit MyStrategicForecast.com for more information. My Strategic Forecast is common sense market analysis.